Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive, a Sunday morning sermon right here on our website. Now, it may not be morning where you are, as I've said before. It may be afternoon, evening. (laughs) Because of the World Wide Web, we're in different time uh, frames all over the world. Uh, It may not be Sunday. It may be Wednesday. I don't know when you're hearing this, but this is a Sunday morning sermon. And that's why we call it Sunday Morning Alive. And we spell it S-O-N-D-A-Y because it's all about Jesus. Praise God. Jesus is the good news. Amen. I like the little Evie Turnquist song that says, His name is above all names and we will shout it to a dying world. Well, we've come to tell you about Jesus today, to talk about Jesus, just like our Bible study. Let's talk about Jesus. Well, it's also the the basis of all of our sermons today. Praise God. He is the hope that the world needs in, in the hopelessness and helplessness of the perilous time that we're in. Actually, the dangerous time that we are in, when everyone is feeling the pressure of it and the fear of it, is an opportunity to bring this message and for people to be drawn to it like never before. So we need to raise our eyes and look on the fields, for they are white unto harvest. Praise God. We're glad that you've joined us today. If you're not a Christian, please stay tuned. The world needs some good news bad, according to a Dottie Rambo song, and according to the circumstances we're in. Well, we've got good news to bring today from the Word of God. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Paul summing up his letter to the church at Philippi and speaking down through the centuries directly to us as Christians today. Listen very carefully to the word as we get ready to read it. By the way, amen. If you are a brand new listener, we are so glad to have you. And if you're a return listener, we're so glad you came back and part of our listening family. And if you would be a media missionary, you can tell other people about this broadcast. If you believe that it would be a blessing to them as well. And, and, and there are people doing this and have let us know that they're telling others and they're telling others. And we're so grateful for our media missionaries. In that sense, you're helping us get the gospel and get the word of God and the and the faith and hope that it brings to Christians that are under the gun and under the pressure of perilous times. Thank you so much. We love you today. And we feel that that you are a vital part of this ministry. Pray for us that we can continue uh, without any kind of distraction or discouragement to use the time that we have left and the appointing and anointing to preach and teach the word. And the anointing is on the word itself to get the gospel, the good news to a to a bad news world. Amen. Finally, brethren, let's read it from chapter 4 and verse 8 of Philippians on the subject, getting rid of stinking thinking. Getting rid of stinking thinking. 
Listen to it carefully. Summing it up, Paul says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now he's talking about focusing our thoughts. And literally we would put it this way, to think only on these things. The scripture is very clear. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Friend of mine, it's so important to understand that our mind is the target of Satan, for the God of this world has blinded the minds of men. Literally, the word blinded is to fluo. It means to obscure with smoke. It means to, it means to puff up with pride. Literally, that's where he gets a foothold, is in the mind. And if he gets a foothold in the mind and he's not stopped, he will build a stronghold in the life. The good news is, amen, the stronghold can be broken. And the good news is, oh, listen, the scripture said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself in against the knowledge of God, bringing into thought every every bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We are not out here just trying to intellectually convince someone of our truth. Like we have just this exclusive and we can get you convinced of that. You can know we are fighting powers and principalities and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. And I'm going to tell you right now, amen, I'm glad the Holy Spirit is with us. I'm glad the the armor of God can be received. And I'm coming as a spiritual warrior today, amen, to see people set free from the prison of darkness and, and sin and Satan. Hallelujah. Praise God. My armor is in place today. And my armor consists of God's armor. Glory to God. Amen. Listen, friend of mine, if you're a Christian today, God wants you to take his whole armor and God wants you to be filled with truth and peace and power by the Holy Spirit and through the word of God. So let's get rid of stinking thinking today. Let's get renewed in the spirit of our mind. The Bible literally tells us, amen, to be no more conformed to this world or pressed into this world's mold, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that we might prove or exemplify what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Amen. And the mind is transformed when we are beholding the Word of God. You see, as we behold truth in the Word of God, we our mind is transformed. We've already been transformed, translated out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of God. 
Amen. Into His marvelous light. We've already been translated and our mind needs to catch up with what has happened in our spirit as Christians. Praise God. And that's why Paul is saying, focus on these virtues. Focus on these things because you will be transformed as your mind is renewed. Amen. To who God is and who Christ is in you and who you are in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Finally, brethren, listen, I heard a story that a pastor told. It's a little tongue in cheek, but it's very important that we understand the principle of it. He said, a man came to my office, a church member said, pastor, I need help. I need your counsel. And and he said, this is what he relayed to the pastor. He said, Pastor, he said, the devil keeps telling, my mind is so tormented. The devil keeps telling me that I'm not saved. You may have experienced that. Amen. That thought being sown and us embracing it. Listen, the devil keeps telling me I'm not saved. The devil keeps telling me that I'm lost, that I'm damned and there's no hope for me. The devil keeps telling me that, 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 that I'll never be good enough for God to save me and forgive me. The devil keeps reminding me of my past sins and I feel guilty and ashamed. The devil keeps telling me that Christ could never, ever truly forgive me. And I'm tormented day and night in my mind. Do you have any counsel for me? And the pastor said immediately, Stop listening to the devil. You see, getting rid of stinking thinking. If we give in in our thought life to everything that the enemy brings to our thought life, and if we don't have any real truth to counter that lie of the devil, then we are going to be subject to him. He'll get a foothold in your mind. And if it stays that way and we do not counter it with truth, amen, then he will build a stronghold in our life. And that's why Paul said, finally, brethren, finally, he's summing it up, amen. He wants them to know whatsoever things are true, Philippians 4 and verse 8, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Hallelujah. Let's start with truth. Philippians 4, verse 8. Whatsoever things are true. You see, Satan seeks to control our minds through lies. John eight forty four says he was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar, and the father of it. Satan brought a subtle lie to Eve. He appealed to her mind, and she was deceived into making a decision to disobey and disbelieve God. He has not changed his tactics Second Corinthians 11.2 is a warning. It says, But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve, deceived her. 
through his subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You see, the target of his deception is our mind. And Paul was concerned that because of his subtlety. You see, the armor of God is so that we can defeat the wiles of the devil. His strategy of deceit, literally. And this is his strategy of deceit. He wants to get one of his lies, as many as he can, but beginning with one lie that our mind agrees with. And then he's got a foothold. If he keeps a foothold, he will build a stronghold. But thank God the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The scripture said, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against high thing or high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Not only can we pray for the lost that they can see what they could never see except their eyes be opened to the revelation of God's truth and the good news of the gospel, oh, friend of mine, but that in their own mind there will be no stronghold of the enemy for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but powers, principalities, the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And when that Roman soldier, uh, that is the, the example of this spiritual armor, the first thing he did when he got up was to put on the, the belt upon which everything else hinged. And that was the belt of truth. Praise God. And the Bible said, the, let the, your loins be girt about with truth. Listen, listen. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of truth. And the Bible said, when He comes, He will guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. I love John 8, 30 and 31. It says, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. I've heard it misquoted by leaving out the continuing in the word of God and just saying the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. Someone said, Pastor, didn't it say the truth will make you free? No. It said, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth. Because his word, you see, is truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to defeat a deceiver, you've got to have your loins girt about with truth. Gird up the loins of your mind, the scripture says. With what? With truth. By focusing on that that is true. John seventeen seventeen. I like this. It says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You see, if you continue in the word, you'll know the truth, not just intellectually, but experientially in your life. 
The Word of God is true. And as we meditate on the Word of God, our minds are permeated with truth. And this truth will disarm deception, defeat worry, defy fear, discern error, and detect the devil even when he comes as an angel of light. Destroy Satan's base of operations. Amen. Whatsoever things are honest, in the classical Greek, venerable. That's close to my name. I like that. Because venerable means worthy of reverence, inviting reverence. As our minds are filled with thoughts of God, His greatness and His grace, there will be a holy awe and appreciation for His holy character and our great privilege of a relationship with Him. The mind will be defended against thoughts of rebellion and irreverent, careless attitudes. In a very real sense of the word, we will become sober-minded. And when you're dealing with this enemy of our soul, we're to be sober and to be vigilant because he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Glory to God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that reverent, that fear as it's used, is not a dread of God for the covenant child of God. It is deep reverence with awe and affection. Glory to God. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, literally in the Greek it means innocent, holy, and righteous, Once again, as we direct our thoughts toward things that are right, we will not be seduced into doing the things which are wrong by beginning in our mind. It starts in the mind. The battlefield is in the mind, and the battle is for the mind. For whoever controls the mind will influence the will, and whoever influences the will will ultimately influence the destiny. That's why the Bible said, Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the river of life freely. Praise God. Satan conceals the sinfulness of sin in very attractive packaging. But as we dedicate our lives to a life of obedience to God, direct our thoughts to the commands and counsels of His Word, we will always detect the enemy's attempt to corrupt our minds with evil, no matter how beautiful it is packaged. Amen. The Bible, we, we will literally be able to discern good from evil even when evil parades itself as good. Friend of mine, we need to focus on things that are holy, things that are righteous, things that are just today. Be careful what you expose yourself to through the media. There are Christians who are listening to music that is talking about worldly relationships, fornication and adultery and sinfulness. And, and, and wondering why they, they feel so empty and, and, and while sitting in church, why they can't worship in the beauty of holiness. It's because we're not focusing on things that are just. And it brings us to things that are pure, which means chaste and free from defilement. 
Our body, friend, is the temple of the Lord, and the Bible said we should never defile the temple lest we risk being judged for that. Amen. He that defiles the temple, God will destroy. Amen. The, the, God comes to live with us when you become a Christian. Christ comes to live within us. And the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. I'm not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. I'm talking about Jesus' comments on an answer to the question, how will you manifest yourself to us and not the world? He said, if any man will love my Father and keep his commandments, I and my Father will come to him. We will make our abode with him. It's Christ in us, isn't it? That is the hope of glory, literally the down payment on heaven. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because if the holiest persons of heaven, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can and will and does come to inhabit the holiest place in our spirit, in our body. Amen. Certainly we're worthy of the place called heaven because the persons who make the place holy are now living in you and living in me. That is the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we need to set our thoughts on things that are chaste and free from defilement. That means we have to watch what we watch on television. That means we have to watch what we, what we receive of, in influence through the music that we constantly expose ourselves to. Amen. Listen. It's a matter of wisdom. It's a matter of discernment. It's a matter of understanding. We need to focus on the things that are chaste and free from defilement. And things that are lovely, the scripture says. Lovable speaks of that which is adapted to excite love and to endear him who does such thing. You see, as we ponder the love of God and the love we receive from him, expressed in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ, experienced through the person and power of the Holy Spirit, will be filled with love for Him, and we'll be ende- and He will be so endeared to us. Our love will be excited and activated and expressed through praise, worship, and obedience. We love Him because He first loved us. And pondering and meditating on His love for us will stimulate our love for Him. Oh, I like that song. It says, As I survey the wondrous cross. Talking about all the things that were highly esteemed among this songwriter's life. Just just not being compared in any way to the glory of Jesus taking our place on the cross, as we survey the wondrous cross, we count things, we see things, we reevaluate things differently, don't we? Someone said, Turn your eyes in a song upon Jesus, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. When we focus on Jesus dying for us, the Lamb of God, the innocent suffering for the guilty, 
we see how much He loved us. For it was love, dear friend. It wasn't the nails. It wasn't the authority of Rome or the Roman soldiers stationed at the foot of that cross that kept Him on it. When Peter tried to defend Him from going to the cross, when they came to take Him to the court, kangaroo court literally, and and sentence Him to the death of the cross, He said, put up your sword, Peter. Put up your sword. He already tried to whack a man's head off. And and as the man flinched, he got his ear. Jesus reached down, picked up the ear, put it right back on, and it knitted right back. (laughs) He said, put up your sword. My kingdom were of... He was demonstrating, I've got the power to lay down my life, and I've got the power to take it up again. And he was talking about the power he had as the Lord of hosts, the commander and chief of heaven's armies. He said, I could call the legions of, of angels, warrior angels, to come right now and deliver me. He could, he could have not went to the cross. Something compelled him to go. There were two things. Not my will, but thine be done. His love for the Father and his love for you and me. It was love that held him, not nails, to that cross. And as we focus on that kind of love, what manner of love is this that we should be called the sons of God? What kind of love is this that God would become incarnate in flesh, that he would come to earth, the second person of the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ, Take our place on the cross, the innocent suffering for the guilty. This should stimulate us to love Him back with everything we are and everything we have. And we need to focus. And that's what Holy Communion is for. It's to refocus on His shed blood, His broken body, to keep us the first love stimulated for Jesus Christ today. Think on these things. The preaching of the cross is to continually stimulate love among Christians and to stimulate, amen, love and appreciation to a lost world that sees through the cross that they can be forgiven, they can be saved, that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. Whatsoever things are of good report, that's what the gospel is. It is good news. And this world needs some good news, bad. We used to sing the old gospel ship, and it says, I've got good news to bring. That's why I sing. My joy with you I'll share, for I plan to take a trip on the good old gospel ship and go sailing through the air. Good report means appealing and worth talking about. The abundance of the heart, you see, the mouth speaketh. And we're told to be instant in season, out of season, to be ready to give an answer to all men for the reason of the hope that is in us. We know the good news. We have the good news. And we need to share the good news. 
Evie Turnquist said it best. It's a name above all names. And we will shout it to a dying world. Speaking of Jesus, the the gospel of Jesus Christ, the preaching, the proclaiming of the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. As we meditate on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the loving kindness and the mercy of Christ, we will speak of Him unashamedly and faithfully. The gospel is good news. It's the report of faith. As we ponder His precious promises and we ponder His person and His gift to us through Jesus. Faith will arise in our hearts and a boldness to proclaim it to a dying world. Whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, amen. Whatsoever things are lovely, think on these things. Whatever excellence there are, the fit object of praise. Hallelujah. Think on these things. No, the scripture says of you today, dear Christian brother or sister, we are a holy nation. We are peculiar people. (laughs) Hallelujah. We are royal priesthood that we might show forth the praises of him (laughs) that called called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Show forth the praises of him. That's why we're to focus on that that stimulates virtue and praise. And the word virtue uh, is the word that is used for the praises of him. It's not just praising him. It's that that stimulates praise for him and obedience to him. It literally means the virtues of Christ. The, the Actually, the character of Christ. That's exactly what the fruit of the Spirit is. Being reproducing the character of Christ progressively in the life of of a believer we we are we are we are becoming what we are beholding and the scripture says as we behold the virtues of Jesus in the word of god we're being transformed <laughs> amen literally the, the greek word is metamorpho it's what's used in metamorphosis <laughs> i listened to a little bit when i was in bio, taking biology uh, when a caterpillar is goes through that transformation metamorphosis and becomes a butterfly <laughs> hallelujah when when a leaf takes the rays of the sun and turns it into something that a plant can use amen it's that transformation we are being transformed Amen. In the spirit of our mind, as we behold and focus on his character, we are being changed. Amen. From glory to glory, more and more like unto his character and his nature. We show forth, we exemplify the virtues of him that called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. We literally begin to walk as children of light. 
Glory to God. Amen. Paul said it, didn't he? As I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And be no more, trans, be no more, I'm going to put it in practical terms, pressed into the world's mold. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove, see, exemplify what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Romans eight twenty nine. for whom he did foreknow, he did be, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. And that's what the fivefold ministry is working toward. Amen. That we might grow up and to Him to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus. It's progressive, it's ongoing, and it starts with the renewing of the mind. And it starts with the refocusing on the mind of that that is pure, that that is holy, that that is true, that that is of good report, that is praiseworthy, that that is lovely. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? Oh, today, dear friend of mine, let's guard our hearts by guarding our minds in the name of Jesus Christ today. And hallelujah, let's begin to focus on that that will keep us pure, keep us holy, keep us right with God. Hallelujah. And don't give any place to the devil. Because if you give him a foothold, he will seek to build a stronghold of fear, doubt, and wickedness. Ah, God wants to build a stronghold, something that will keep our heart and mind like a fortress, like a bulwark, a mighty bulwark is our God. Hallelujah. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you're vulnerable to every attack of the enemy. He may not only have gained a foothold in your mind and thereby in your life, but he may have built a stronghold. Ah, but we serve a God who has the power to pull down that stronghold, to set the captive free, glory to God, to set at liberty those that are bruised. And that power is brought to us through a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to set the captive free, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to open the eyes of the spiritually blind as well, as the physical blind. Today I believe the Holy Spirit is working in your life if you don't know Jesus. I don't believe in accidents and incidents. I believe in divine appointments. And I pray today that as God opens your eyes to your need for a Savior and a Deliverer, that you will see Jesus as the one that you've always looking for and needed. And that you won't run from Him deeper into the darkness, but you'll run to Him, repenting of your sin, and receive Him as your Lord and Savior, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
Get rid of stinking thinking and get a hold of that that will never, ever, ever let you go. In Jesus' name, amen.